Good Monday evening. Welcome to another edition of the Sideline Junkies. This has to be Madhouse Monday in response to the epic that was put on last night on ESPN. The Last Dance, episode one and two, which chronicled the final season of the Bulls dynasty. You got the man of the hour, the tower power, the South, Delante. What's up? What's up, everybody? Hope everybody's staying safe, staying indoors. Indeed, indeed. You got the boss, the myth, the man, the legend, BJ. What's up? What's up, everybody? And, of course, you got me, the big guy, KG. Fellas, now, I I think I was a little bit more geeked up about this than everybody else because – I, I kind of got to show everybody, like, we used to be great <laughs> as a Bulls fan. Like, yeah, we used to be great. But it brung back – last night brung back a lot of bad memories also. And it, 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 it made me ask a lot of what ifs. And I'm sure you guys asked the same thing. But I thought about something. And I think I might I may have hit the nail on the head now. BJ, you correct me if I'm wrong. Now, I remember – the 97 championship, when we won that, I remember going to school the next day and people trying to talk to me and I was just throwing up the five the five things. You know, I don't want to talk to you. Five things, there it is. Five rings. And BJ, I remember you doing that too. We did that. We, we were together. We were Bulls fans. But not only did they break the team up after 98, you, sir, also left the family and came on home. See, that I did. So, that's something else I can blame. Jerry Krause for. Man, look, so. that, watching that yesterday, look, I'm, I'm like you, KG, watching that last night, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm, I'm fuming just seeing Jerry Krause's face. Okay? And I don't want to sit here and deflect all the blame on Jerry Krause because Mr. Rasdell shares as much of the blame because he let things happen that shouldn't happen. So I'm not going to sit here. Jerry Krause, I, you know, just, just learning what I've learned over the last 20 years since they broke that team up. <laughs> I, I think Jerry Krause was the front man taking bullets for Reinsdorf, but I, Reinsdorf has just as much blame for what happened because to me, and, and I say this because we all know their tiers of players. And not only did you have a great team, you had the best player on the planet, the face of the NBA, somebody that um, transformed the NBA into a financial powerhouse. And we'll talk about that in a minute when we'll talk about Scotty's contract. But they needed to go out on their own terms. And, and I, wanna, I don't want to get into too deep because, you know, we got a long show. I want to get Delonte on here for his thoughts, his, his, you know, his pre-show thoughts, and so we can really get into this. But just think of the ramifications keeping that team together. We have there would be no Lakers dynasty because Phil Jackson wouldn't have been available. Just think of that. So, uh, go ahead, Delonte. No, 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 my bad. Go ahead. So that's is is that's something <laughs> when you sit back and you just think of. 
Kraus calling Phil into the office and telling him he can go 82 and 0, but this is his last season coming off a fifth championship. Um, you know, we can woulda, coulda, shoulda all the time. We do it in sports all the time. What if Michael didn't retire the first time? What if they never broke up the 98 Bulls? We could do that all day. And we got a, another sideline junkie, Mr. Gary. He's a diehard Chicago Bulls fan, and he still is a diehard Chicago Bulls fan. So we will be getting his take on it also. Uh, you'll probably hear a, a little excerpt from him uh, during the show sometime. So, Delonte, what are your thoughts on episode one or two? Um, in regards to the championship, I think they could have. Um, I think they could have won ten straight. Um, I know we all say, well, I know we all say eight, um, because I didn't. I don't see the Lakers beating them. Um, I said, you know, and, and and no, definitely no disrespect to Kobe. Um, you know, uh, much respect, dude. As a matter of fact, but I didn't. I didn't. Can't see him getting the best out of Mike um in in a final series. Um but I'm I'm gonna take it a step further. I don't think uh Hakeem and Clyde were the Rockets. They would have um won the won the championship. You know what I'm saying? I I, I think the Bulls they they would have kept it on after 93, 93, 94, 95 and so on and so on. So we we could have we couldn't we could have witnessed 10 straight. Um, as far as why, you know, um, Jordan, you know, he, he was gone for 18 months. Um, uh, you know, most of us diehard sports fans, we know the real reason why, but, um, but I, you know, I, I won't pick up that stack, that stack of papers just yet, but I think episodes one and two, man, I, I think it, it, it told a lot. It told a lot about how much Jerry uh, Krause, I I think there was some sort of like, you know, just mysterious jealousy, you know, from him. Um, he probably looked at Mike like, you know, oh, you you big and bad, but yet I'm your boss. The same thing with with him and Phil. Phil, he he practiced like this Zen like living. So, you know, for for Krause to like, you know, bring him into his office, be like, look, we're gonna give you six million for one year, but this is it. You know, you can just and just like BJ said, you can win 82 games, woo, 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 but that's it. You you won't be back anymore. It's like you're blowing up, you're blowing up a, a, a fine-tuned boat for no reason. You know, you, you it's your ego. It's your ego. And like Mike said uh, last night, you you think, you know what I'm saying? You you can um you think, you know what I'm saying, you 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 can uh Rebuild and it only take two years. Nah, like you know, sometimes rebuilds take like two, three, forty-seven years. And that and that all depends on how good your GM is, talent available. You know, it's it's a whole bunch of factors. Which the Bulls found out that you just wasn't going to rebuild and replace the greatest player on the planet and his and his sidekick and all the pieces that made that second three peat special. I'm not saying this is not trying to say it's, it's more special than the first, but the players that were in place, they, even on the first team, fell into place perfect to work with Mike on Scott. So, and 
I kind of agree with you, Delonte. I think that if there was a challenge to the 90s Bulls, it would have been one of those Houston teams. Because those Houston teams were two solid teams. I'll give them yeah. that. Yeah, they I'll say that. Too. Yeah, they were solid. They had good pieces. They were built really good top to bottom, just like the Bulls were. I, you know, I can see them splitting one with Houston. And then it all depends on who would coach that 2000 Lakers team. If you still have Shaq and Kobe, you got, don't forget, at, at 2000, you're talking about Jordan being in the league for, what, 15 years now? Was he about, what, 15, KG? No. If you take all, if you really want to be technical about it, 2000, if he'd have played all the way through, yeah, you would have said, you would have said going into 16, year 16. Okay. If you okay. played all so, the way through. So we talking about a young Kobe Bryant. You know, still in his prime, Shaq Diesel going against a 16th year Jordan um, Pippen um, right behind him. What that would have been, have been what Pippen's 13th or 14th year. Uh, you're talking about Dennis Rodman, Dennis Rodman aging. Um, the only <laughs> quote unquote spring chicken in the starting lineup would have been Ku Coach. Ron Harper probably would have been done. He was already having but no. Trouble. But see, Ron Harper was a part of that 2000s Lakers team. And see, and that's what I, that, and that's what I'm saying. It's so many, it's so many dominoes that wouldn't right. be on that Lakers. I think the Lakers team, even without Ron Harper, would still be a force to reckon with just because of Kobe and Shaq. But this you know, is the thing. You can take the 2000 Lakers. And everybody considers them the greatest team of all time. But they're really not. Because Kobe hadn't even stepped into his prime yet. Shaq was still prime. Kobe hadn't stepped into the prime yet. Kobe didn't step in his prime until uh, 2001-ish. Because I think that's the year he averaged like 28 points a game. And he carried that Mm -hmm. team because Shaq was out. But he hadn't fully stepped into his prime yet. Okay, that's number one. Now, what happened in Chicago never happened. That means the 2000 Lakers wouldn't have never had Phil Jackson. Now, this team, the core of that 2000 Lakers team was already put together. They were failing under Dale Harris. They were failing under Magic Johnson. So they failed under Kurt Rambis. You had to bring in Rudy. Jeez, that was later on down the line. You had to bring in Phil. But if Phil never comes, that three-peat never happens because Phil brung he brought in Horace Grant. Horace Grant when they never went to the Lakers. Ron Harper when they never went to the Lakers. Tex Winter when they never went to the Lakers. So the architect of everything that you started, that you brought from Chicago to L.A., would have never happened. So, and, see, it, it, and, and this big, and, and you know, this, this right here is purely speculation. We'll get back to episodes one and two, the meat of it. And it, because it just, it's just fun to think about things like that. Like, who who, and that's what I was getting at. Like, now you need, if the Michael Jordan Bulls are still together in 2000, now you need somebody not only to deal with Michael and Scotty, but you need somebody to deal with the mental, the game preparation with Phil Jackson and those Bulls. That, you know what I'm saying? And the names off the top of my head that could deal with that at, at that time would be, what, Pat Riley, Tom Jonovich, Larry Brown, uh, I know I'm missing a name or two, but 
it's not too many that can go head to head with Phil Jackson as far as coaching. So I think Pop could. Not Pop. I'm that that's what I'm forgetting. Pop. But Pop wasn't leaving us first. No. We were talking about somebody to man the Lakers. You know, who, oh, who no, could they no. who who could who could they get to man the Lakers if Phil Jackson wasn't there? Pop not leaving the, Riley, the Spurs. Riley would have left Miami to go back to LA. I, nah. I think he absolutely would have. I think I think if if you giving him Kobe the shot, I think he would have absolutely he'd have left and left a dust trail behind to come but back. See the thing is, he left LA and he left Magic. He left Scott Worthy. He left Hall of Famers there. But to, when did he leave? Four. When did he leave though? What year? Eighty nine. Eighty nine. I think Pat knew that the end was coming. I, I think he just jumped ship a little early because the Bulls ended the Lakers that, that first final. Yeah. That yeah. was the end of that. And I think Riley knew the end was coming and probably wanted to get off the ship before it completely sunk. Yeah, that, the, the, the Bulls put an end to that. And, I, and, and, and look, as great as that Bulls team was, when, you, when you're a sports person, people like we are, you want to see somebody end it. Who, that, that's what I'm saying. Who, who's going to end it? You know, we saw the Spurs take out um, the Lakers. We saw the Detroit take out the Lakers. You know, who's going to end it? That's, that's the fun part. Yeah, you could build a dynasty, but somebody got to end it. You know, exactly. somebody, got to, somebody got to end it. Somebody got to put a stop to it. And you know that's that's what it's all about building and, and and trying to figure out how to how to build and how to stop this that and the other you know. Um, See, the thing is, you have to also when you know your stars are getting older, you have to build to the point where you can start replacing and replenishing the roster. Now, looking at it. The Bulls coming up to 99. Uh, who did they pick in 99? I can't even remember who the hell they picked. But it wouldn't have went down that way because Michael probably would have been like, no, I'm, on, I'm only going to play. Now, the Bulls in 99, they had the first pick. That was the 99 draft. That was after the, the lockout season. So, well, hold on. 99, how the hell did they get the first pick? I don't know. I got I to gotta get my stuff together. But. Elton Brand would have never been a bull. It depends on who they would have drafted or who they would have signed that could have kept the run going. Because coming back from 98, you had the lockout shortened season of 99, which was um, 50 games. And, BJ, you said this yourself, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, and I think Delonte will agree too. you got an aging roster only playing 50 games. And, and – they, they work well together. They're already gelling together. That's going to help. That would help the older teams. That would help. That's why it helped the Knicks. It would help the Bulls, too, because it's not so much wear and tear on their bodies. And then you, you still had young guys. You still had, uh, and if they would have signed everybody back from 98, you still had Tony. You still had Randy Brown. Uh, Harper would have came back. You know, 
Rodman, Jordan, Pippen could have rested a little bit more and then saved it up for the playoffs and then ran through the playoffs like X-Lapse. And the next thing you know, let's say they do meet the Spurs in uh, the finals. Everybody say, well, who's going to stop Tim Duncan? Same philosophy you always do. Nobody. You you don't allow anybody to stop Tim Duncan. You make Tim Duncan carry the whole load. Now, if you tell me Tim Duncan's going to go out there and score 115 points, then I got to worry about Tim Duncan. But if I shut everybody else down around Tim Duncan, which my Bulls had the weapons to do it, let Tim Duncan go off. Put Luke Longley on Tim Duncan. Let Luke Longley be the whipping boy. Then when Luke Longley get tired, put Bill Winnington in and let him be the whipping boy. Uh, John Stiley. I don't care. Put Put whoever on put it. Put a corpse on them. Let them score all the live long day. But you shut David Robinson down. You shut Avery Johnson down. You shut Sean Elliott down. And you shut Benny Del Negro down. Guess what? But here's the thing. KG. KG, you don't even yeah. have to. I, I let David Robinson and Tim Duncan score at will. Because Sean Elliott, Benny Del Negro, and Avery Johnson already cancels themselves out with the Bulls backward. They are no match for that. And you're basically, if that team came back, you're basically giving them a championship. 50 games? Mm-hmm. And they get the rest of their legs? Are you are you fucking crazy? Are you kidding me? That's a championship. They don't have to play 82 games? Mm-hmm. My God. Oh, man. Hey. Hey, real quick, guys. We got to take a quick break. That's our first segment. Uh, this is the uh, last dance reaction with the Sideline Junkies. Just take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And just like that, we are back. But we ain't come back alone. We came back with my main man. I ain't heard from him in so long. I'm so happy to hear from him now because when we talk basketball in the 90s, I know for a fact, he gonna give it to you all the way straight and raw. We got Junie. What's the deal, Pickles? How's everybody doing? What's good, bro? Good, man. Good to have you back. Uh, we 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 talking last dance react episode one and two. Um, number one to two hours flew by last night. Uh. Number two, everybody, this is, I, I think this is the elephant in the room. Everybody was talking about Scottie Pippen's salary. And they've been talking about it for 24 hours almost. How was Scottie so severely underpaid? Uh, what did you fellas think about that part? You want to jump in there first, Delonte? No, you can take it. Um... I I always play both sides. And I understood why Scotty was mad. And I understood why the Bulls weren't in a rush to do anything. Because Scotty signed a, I think it was a seven-year, $18 million contract. And Scotty signed it to secure financially his family and his future. He didn't want to take a chance um, getting injured or whatever the case may be and, and not having a payday. So on the flip side, I think that this is something I always preach 
when we talk about contracts, teams, players, you have to take care of your own. Uh, Michael's making in the 30s. I don't know the exact number. 30 something million dollars. I want to say it's 32 or 33 million dollars. Scotty was making two something. Even if you gave Scotty a, a 13 million dollar raise and get him to 15 million, it's no way and no time because there are no Bulls championships without Scotty Pippen. So there's absolutely no reason that the Bulls shouldn't have took care of Scotty, you know, before this happened, before the 97 season. You know, they should have took care of him, gave him a raise when Mike retired the first time and it became his team. But, like I said, I completely understand the Bulls' point of view. You signed this contract, you need to honor this contract. Because Scotty signed that contract, and this is something I touched on a little bit in the first segment. The NBA, where Michael absolutely blew up. It took off globally because Mike was global. I'm not saying Bird and Magic and those guys weren't global, but Mike took it to a different level. And they were making money hand over fist. So I can't really fault the Bulls. But a little of me, a little of me, a little bit of me does fault the Bulls because they could they should have took care of him. So which I think, guys. Hey, BJ, to me, they messed up so bad, they should cut him a check today. You know, uh, Scotty, Scotty made what, one of the best 50 players. He made the Olympic team. Uh, what, what else did he do, y'all? I mean, he, he did everything. He won the six championships with Michael. And like you say, it, 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 the championships couldn't have been won without Scotty Pippen. But I think um, he did a great job. He had a great career. And I think he should have been getting more money, but uh, like I said, man, they should get that man to check the date and say, I'm sorry for yesteryear. Go ahead, DR. Um, yeah, that that contract, man, seven years. I mean, I, I understand the, the, the sentiment behind it. You know what I'm saying? You come from a small, small town and, you know, you, you figure, hey, I made it to the NBA. You know, I'm, I was a draft pick. I'm about to be a millionaire. I can take care of my family. You know, I got uh, a brother and a father in a wheelchair, so, you know, let me do what I got to do. I'll, I'll sign anything, basically. Uh, but seven years, what's this, seven years, 18.5? That, that sounds like one of the worst sports contracts ever and, and, and pro sports. And then not only that, it's from a top 50 players such as, uh, like, all time, such as Scottie Pippen. Like, oh, man, yeah, that's that's... That's 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 super bad, you know, super bad. And then, I guess for him, you know, he kind of toyed around with the the whole surgery, you know, surgery thing. And then the Bulls got off to like to that slow start, and you know, the ninety seven ninety eight season. Um, you know, Mike Mike felt like uh, Scotty. You know, he 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 could have did that. You know, a lot better. You know. Um, my thoughts on that. I whoever negotiated that contract for Scotty, you know what I'm saying? They deserve to be like nudged into in, in like uh, a sea of water somewhere. Um, and, and anything they should have stepped in and took care of that contract for Scotty, 
after Mike left the first time, if if we've been honest, you know, because at that point Mike leave Scotty, he he go from, you know, Robin to Batman. So, you know, you you gotta know your worth and know your worth like early. You know, that's my thoughts on it. The thing with that Scotty contract, I don't blame Scotty because I understand what Scotty was doing, but that's what they were offering him. And he felt that if he left the Bulls, he wasn't going to get the same thing. Now, I I say this all the time. If you haven't read the Jordan rules, please, please, please read that book. I've read it twice, and it it makes you understand what went into the building. That, that that first championship team, and that was one of the things they talked about. A lot of people told Scotty not to sign that contract, but Jerry Krause is the type that if you sign the contract, don't come back to me again. Don't ask me to re- renegotiate. But in all actuality, when Scotty signed that contract, after they won the championship in 91 and 92, when the league started to take hold, immediately you should have renegotiated with Scotty and said, okay, let, let, let's do something where we can add more money into this. But the thing on social media that was happening last night, well, LeBron got Tristan Thompson uh, uh, how much money, and Mike, who couldn't do that for Scotty, I'm like, ho, 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 ho. Whole different concept. Now, one thing that Michael did do, Michael helped get Scotty that Nike contract to get him his own signature shoe, put money in his pocket. Every time Michael won an MVP award, whether it was finals, uh, uh, season MVP, all-star MVP. You know, they give you a car. He gave Scotty the car. He kept the trophy. Scotty got the car. So don't ever say Michael never took care of Scotty. Yeah, yeah and, and Mike, I remember the MVP, MVP presentations. He always said, I get the trophy. Scotty get the car. You know, and Mike, no. Mike can tell you. Mike, it, it, he said it last night. You can't say Michael Jordan and I say Scotty did it's, it's, the names have to be together. So, um, and the crazy thing is, Scotty ended up making more career NBA earners than Michael. Mm -hmm. That's the crazy part, you know, because Mike, Mike until the 96, 97 season was only making, looks like a million or so more than Scotty was. Then that 96, 97 season, that's when he $30 million a season. The 97, 98, he was making 33. His two years with the Wizards, he's played for the minimum, $1 million. So. Scotty Pippen wound up when, after the 98 season, going into 99. Most people don't remember this. How did Scotty get to Houston? He didn't go to Houston as a free agent. Scotty did a sign and trade. The Bulls signed him. I think it was a $54 million contract for like five, four or five years, $54 million. And they sent him, they traded him to Houston for Rodney Rogers and a couple of other players that was named that didn't turn out to really, I don't think none of them played for the, for the organization. But Scotty went to Houston and Clyde had already, already retired him Olajuwon couldn't get it done. Him and Barkley couldn't get along. They wound up shipping him to Portland. When they shipped him to Portland after that contract was up, he signed another contract for 40 some million. So, or was it the 33? Either way, it was it he made like 
a total after leaving the Bulls, he made like seventy-eight million dollars. His total career earnings is a hundred nine million dollars. I only think Michael Jordan made a hundred million dollars in his career. So, but his reasoning for signing that contract, he wanted to take care of his his brothers, his sisters, and his parents. I get it. Mike Jordan made fifteen seasons, eighty nine million. So, like I said, yeah, Scotty made more than Mike. Of course, Mike, you know, with his Jordan stuff, is you know surpassed everybody. But, um, like I said, I get it. I get why Scotty was mad, especially when you see Jordan making thirty million, and you know that these you are you're a big part of these championships too. And you're looking at um, who, who was making more than him? Who coached? Um, I'm trying to remember the six players on the Bulls that was making more than him. Kerr. Wasn't Kerr making more? I think Kerr was right. Kerr was also. So you're, you're, look, you, you're, you're looking at who coached and Kerr that you know you smoked them any day of the week, but they're making double your salary. <laughs> And Kerr is a specialist. Hold on. So, but Tony, the thing about him, uh, he was Jerry Krause's boy. And if you go look at the Dream Team special that they did where they talked about behind the scenes of the Dream Team when they played Croatia, they was like, Michael and Scotty would ginned up about it because it was like, it's like you, you, you and your brother have been your dad's kids, and all of a sudden he has another kid, and this kid's the favorite, so you're going to beat up on this kid. So in the Olympics, they dogged Tony out. Like, they, they didn't want Tony because they Jerry kept that. pushing Tony on him. So it, it, it was bad. I mean, it was really, really bad because – but granted, when Tony came over, Tony turned out to be what we needed. Because, I mean, how many 6'11 dudes do you know that can handle the ball like a, a point guard, can bring the ball up, handle the ball, distribute, go rebound, shoot a mid-range, take you to the lane, put the ball on the floor and drive and can either dunk on you or hit an acrobatic layup and shoot the three? How many 6'11 dudes you know like that? I mean, so, he, was, yeah, he was definitely, you know, if he, if he was a tad more athletic, <laughs> he would have been an absolute monster. But yeah, I mean, Tony for what he added to the Bulls with two, like you say, he, he he was offensively could give you everything you needed, you know. And it's just one of them things, man. It's it's that's that's one of you know when we talked about in the first segment, peace is falling into place, and everybody knowing they roll. Uh. Mm-hmm. Another another thing that came up last night was um, when they went back in time and they were talking about uh, – Michael was talking about being a rookie and, and guys were just – you know, they said it was a cocaine circus. Oh, yeah, man. Glad you that, brought that up. It, yeah, man. A lot of people were saying, well, Mike had to be doing lines. I mean, if he did, he did. If he didn't, he didn't. But you had a lot of guys on that team that – some of them eventually got popped for drugs. So, I mean, and I think I think that's why I think that's why he was willing to talk about it because of that. You know, I think if if it was nobody ever got caught 
or nobody, you know, they didn't know. Because, I mean, you basically can say he threw a lot of people on the bus. Because I was thinking about that last night. I was like, damn, what if one of those guys is telling their wives, you know, if they're still with whoever they were with back then, that, you know, they weren't doing shit. And now you see Michael Jordan on TV talking about it was women over here, it was lines over here. <laughs> you know, so right. now you got to explain that to your wife or your kids or whatever. So, but I mean, you know, it is what it is. I just, I, it, it was a lot to take in last night. And that old early days, you know, that brought back a lot of memories just to see how the NBA had changed. Um, I told you guys this off air, June, just before you joined us off air. I was, you know, I've been battling with people since last night. Oh, the NBA wasn't that great in the 80s. I could have played back then because these guys weren't athletic. And, what? oh, Steph Curry is more influential and he's the greatest point guard ever. And I was like, John Stockton's no, a way sir. point guard. And I said, John Stockton's not even the greatest point guard ever. Magic Johnson is. But John they Stockton has the, the bad number. boys either, huh? Man, and that's what they're going to discuss in episode three and four. It's talking about the bad boys, how they had the Jordan rules. That if he got to the lane before he took off, foul him. But I see, mean, Dennis, see, Dennis, it, Dennis it, Robin put a big knot on Scott Pippen before he. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, see, this is, this is KG. I tell you this all the time. This is people that don't respect their, hit, their sports history. And they can only just like when we see these 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 charts and tears come up, and they got Steph Curry, the greatest point guard ever, and Isaiah Thomas, and people like that aren't aren't even on the list. So mm-hmm. you did when people talk like that, I discard that immediately, and I put a check mark in my head. I cannot ever talk sports with this person ever again. <laughs> I, I mean, it's the truth because right. that's that's right. Yeah, you have to respect what came before you. They played in two different eras. Okay? When they when, when I'm watching that last night and they show uh the first playoff game with the Celtics and they show Bird, they show McHale, they show Walt, Dennis Johnson, Danny A. That gave me chills. Like, okay, these motherfuckers are bad. That's the first thing I I, I was like, these 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 are the Celtics. That a lot of these kids don't know about. Like these Celtics, these Celtics make you go home and cry to your mom. That's that's these Celtics right here. You know, that it gave me chills. It gave me start reminiscing about the the uh the, the games. Uh remember the uh, Bulls versus Lakers, Bulls versus Blazers, uh Jordan versus Bird. You know, that's what I thought about when I saw Bird, the young bird. I was like, oh boy, I said learn played today. Man. Man. And the way he shot, oh my goodness. Speaking of which, and for those that don't know how great Larry Bird was, and still is. Now, Junie, I know you remember this, and I think BJ and Delonte, y'all remember this too. The game against the Hawks, they put Dominique on him. He was killing them so bad that the Hawks bench was high-fiving each other every time he hit a shot. Man. They said they went back and looked at the tape <laughs> the next day. Said Mike Fratello was finding every guy on the bench. Said Dominique Wilkins told him, you might as well go ahead and find yourself because you high-fived me a couple of times when he hit a couple of shots. Mm. Mm-hmm. Said he was killing them that bad. He told, 
I think he told Tree Rollins or somebody on that team, he said, I'm going to hit my last shot from the trainer's lap. He hit a fallaway jumper. They called the foul. He wound up in the trainer's lap. Larry Bird was just that type of animal. And you talking about Jordan going up against a Larry Bird who would tell you straight up, dude, I'm about to pull up right here and hit this jumper in your face. Larry Bird said, don't ever put a white boy on me because you disrespect my game when you put a white boy on me. Wow. And I don't think, and I don't, yeah, I don't think a lot of people seen that interview. Who was, who was he doing an interview with? Was it CBS? I thought he was sitting, now he was, I thought the interview with Bird, he was talking to somebody and they both was like, it was disrespectful back in that day, back in that time, you put a white player to guard them because it was like, they, what is he going to do? I, I got to find an interview now. I mean, then just just the the mystique of that Celtics team, that '86 Celtics team, which is has been said before the '96 Bulls, before the Warriors, before any team of this generation, they was considered the greatest team ever because of what you had. You had league MVP Larry Bird. Uh, you had Robert Parrish, who when he came over to the Celtics, got into shape and became one of the best big men of the '80s. Uh. Kevin McHale, and one thing people don't realize, if Kevin McHale's feet would have never failed him, he would have had at least another three years on his career. But Kevin McHale was the man with a thousand moves on the block. And they said, he talk, we talk about Larry Bird trash talking. Kevin McHale would tell you, hey, I'm getting ready to come out, hit you with an up and under. He catch the ball in the, in the post, hit you with a shoulder fake up and under, lay it right in on him. And he had that one-hand jump shot where he would look like he was going up with two and the other hand come away and he'd shoot it. Buckets. No, nobody realized how good Kevin McHale was. And I, I'm like, that's where the arguments come. That's where the youngsters don't understand. You're looking at this tall, skinny white guy. Oh, he ain't athletic. He can't bowl with the droopy socks. And then he take you down on a block and abuse you. Like somebody asked me if the 86 uh, Celtics would beat a 2000 Lakers. I said, who would you have to stop McHale on the block? Well, Shaq would stop him. I said, he would make Shaq look like a fool on the block. And I would put Dennis Johnson on Kobe. Next. The, the interview I'm talking about, I couldn't remember who was sitting there. It was the interview Bird Magic was doing with the uh, LeBron and Carmelo rookies. Remember, that's, that's the interview he said it in. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I couldn't remember who else was sitting in the interview, but it was Magic Bird, Carmelo, and LeBron. So, yeah, <laughs> I remember that interview. Now, I remember who was there, but I remember him saying that. I just couldn't remember who was sitting with him. But, hey, KG, you're, you're 100% right, man. You're 100% right. People, like I said, they sleep on, you know, those guys in the 80s. You know, I don't even think, to a certain extent, they give – the 70s guys, the credit that that's due, you know? They but don't. It, it, it was a different game. It was an inside-out inside game, you know, 70s, 60s, 70s, you know. And then the late 90s, early 2000s start transitioning to outside-in. And the big man had a lesser and lesser role. When Shaq died off and finally kind of like went to the – Wayside and retire. That's kind of like the the death of the traditional big man. Because then you had Paul Gasol. He was finesse. You know, um, 
I'm trying to think of who, whatever the centers were. I mean, even your centers now are finesse. There's no yeah. really dominant, you know, just pound you. You got a foul, abuse and bruise center. It's just not, just not there. Now, hey, and plus, back in them days, the center would back you down and take you in the, on the block. Exactly. They won't shoot in three pointers. The power fours won't shoot in three pointers back yep. then. Yep. And those you were the get, days, man. Yes, sir. You were getting abused on that block. You were getting abused, yeah. showed like like KG said, shoulder into you and everything. Mm, mm, mm. It was rare in this generation. I, I'll go back maybe 10, 12 years, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you two dudes that, that, that was old school. Y'all remember DeWan Lair and Bleak Rose? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. To, uh, San Antonio. Now, DeWan Blair was only, he was listed at 6'9". DeWan Blair was 6'5". He was a Barkley. But he played just like Barkley. I he remember no ACLs, in college, right? in Pittsburgh. Uh, was it ACLs? I think yeah, it was. I think both, yeah, both. They they removed both when he was in uh in Pitt. He was a monster in Pittsburgh, though. Remember what he did when Connecticut was like the number one team in the country with Hashim the beat, and he took the beat down on a block and abused him. Mm-hmm. The beat was what seven three seven four, and he was down the heat. The beat was trying to get rebounds over him. He was getting the rebounds, grabbing the beat arm and flipping them over. He was daggone judo flipping them. And then going back down court. That's the type. We don't have that anymore. <laughs> there is no 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 rough and tumble guys. You don't have Anthony Masons and Charles Oakleys. You I mean, it was a rare thing. The European guys, Detlef Shrimp was six six eleven and he would shoot, but he never went down on a block like that. Um Terry Mills was six ten. Huh? I said that I, I, is when when you speak of like those, those bruiser type of power forwards like that. I see potential in one player that's currently in the league, and no, I'm not talking about Zion. Um, what's the the what's my man Harrell from the Clippers? Oh, my, uh, uh, Montrez. Yeah, he he he's he's hard nosed out there. You watch him play. He got a big Ben game. Yeah. Yeah. He but if you and, 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 and to to give somebody else credit, Andre uh, Drummond is is, yeah. is a post up player also. Drummond, um, that what's the other boy that was in uh, Detroit? They had both of them. I, I can't. Can't be Blake was, Griffin. No, 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 no. Monroe, are you? Yeah, Greg. Not Greg. No, 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 no. I, I'll I'll figure out his name. His name slips me. Man, Andre but, Drummond was another. That, that's a very good name to throw because he he stayed getting them rebounds. Man, did he go to the other team? Ain't he with Cleveland or somebody? Yeah, I think that's what they traded him to. He was upset about that too. Right. He was pissed about that. But you don't get powerful forwards like that. And Zion, Zion is somebody said, who could you compare Zion to? They want to compare him to Shaq. They was like, no, what no. Zion is doing. Barkley was doing that before Zion was. How many how many power forwards you knew? Now Barkley was listed at six six. Barkley was actually six three, six four. But he could get a rebound, race the entire length of the court, cock that thing back with two hands, dunk on you, and then go back and play defense. And I that's another power forward that doesn't get uh very, very much shine. A lot of people say, well, Barkley wasn't that good. He never won. Stop basing everything off of damn championships. 
It's no, a lot of good things. It need. I just man, and he can shoot. He can shoot the jumper. He could dunk on you. Look at what he did in '93. He moved over to the Suns and and had an MVP season. Took them all the way to the finals on his back. Yep. Hey man, what was Larry Johnson? What was Larry Johnson? Powerful. Yeah, he he was. I think he he combo because he you know he he's. He's definitely, a, I think, in power, but he's definitely he. I think he was playing both small right, and power. Both. Right, right. See, he had to switch from that powerful because you know he was a bruiser too. But when he hurt those uh the muscles in his back, he couldn't jump anymore. Right. So he became more attached to the floor. But when he uh when he got you on the block and he hit you with that up and under. It was money because all he was going to do was get you up in the air. He was going to put a shoulder into your midsection and then go right underneath you and lay it right in. Oh, it, I miss those days. Man, you. It, it's to the point now if we ever, if outside ever opens back up and we can go play basketball, when I see a young dude do a move like that, he'll get a rebound, he'll get you with the head fake, and then he'll clear out states with a shoulder and lay it in. It brings a tear to my eye because it makes me so happy that you, oh. you, you play game the way it's supposed to be played not you know you cross half court and you throw it up I, I seen a list that said that Steph Curry was more influential than Scottie Pippen what what how is Steph Curry influential Steph Curry's a good player Don't, I'm not gonna take anything from him, but he's not more influential than Scottie Pippen Scottie Pippen was 6-7 he was a point forward and he did the damn thing. Come on, man. He See, can score. You you don't even get in your feelings about it. Like I said, you're you're talking about people that don't know the the game of basketball. You're talking about people that, you know, that that think that Patrick Mahomes is the greatest one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time right now. You know, th- these people you can't talk sports with. You yeah. know, it, it's just impossible to. When you hear stuff, like I said, you just have to put it put it in the file cabinet in your head and just note who the person is and just be like, okay, next. Exactly. It'll, it'll definitely make your blood pressure boil. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because like you said, it's so many people that that came before. Like, like you said, we, we sitting here reminiscing about, you know, 80s and 90s basketball. You know what I'm saying? It was just a, it was a different game, you know? And now, you know, people are passing Larry Bird, you know, his all-time three-pointers shots in, 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 you know, in a couple seasons. You know, that's how many, that's the, the volume of shots that are being taken. It's just like they had a chart that showed Jordan's career shots, James versus James Harden. All of James Harden's shots, 90% of them at, at the three-point line. Yeah. Or, or yep. near there. Jordan's 90, 90 plus percent of his shots were inside. It's a different game. You can't compare the two errors. All you can do is like right. all exactly be all you could do is sit back and enjoy the basketball. You, just like people say, well, you don't have to compare LeBron, Kobe, and Michael. You can just enjoy. Yes, you can. But let me tell you right here, there is no comparison. I agree with what Stefan Marbury said. Mike is on a mountain by himself. There is no comparison. 
everything else is underneath him. And I was just talking to my man Gary. I said, will we see that in our lifetime? Somebody go 6-0 in the finals, multiple MVPs. Will we see somebody do what Michael do? Probably not in our lifetime. I don't think we will. You know, I think he'll stand at that mountain for a while, but somebody will knock him off. That's what it's about. And that's what I was just saying about the about the 90s Bulls. It's somebody who's going to knock them off the mountain because the time comes that the Celtics had their run. They got knocked off the mountain. The Lakers got knocked off the mountain. You know, the Bulls got knocked off the mountain by their own, own owner and GM. <laughs> you know, so, it, it, you know, everything comes to an end. Wilt Chamberlain was dominant. His run comes to an end. Kareem, you know, everything comes to an end. The, the Warriors are going to come to an end. The, the current Warriors, you know, it, 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 Zion's coming. It's going to be, you know, LeBron's turn to fall off the mountain as the, as the top player. It all comes to an end. So you you sit back, you enjoy it. You 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 can't compare apples and and uh, jackfruit because that's what you're comparing. <laughs> you you know the '80s and '90s basketball to what we see today. You know, 2005 and, and above. You can't you just can't compare the two. Is it's not it's nothing compare. But it has to make everybody say that the Bulls were never knocked off. They, they they were never defeated. Put it that way. They they were imploded by the their own front office, but they were never truly knocked off the mountain. And that's the whole thing. And it was said last night that we should be able to defend these championships until we lose. Hey, man, yeah. did y'all hear that yeah. Jerry Cross is one of the most hated guys in Chicago? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did, did, but, did but, y'all hear what he said uh, to Phil Jackson? Yeah. Yeah. But, hey, B, you, you wasn't on the first segment because I said, that, yeah, Jerry Krause, he's the fall man. He's the one taking all the bullets. But the owner, Jerry Reinsdorf, to me, they're handcuffed together. I Jerry and Jerry, they're they're handcuffed together because there's no way with you know Jerry Reinsdorf from the first champ, not even the first championship. Let's just dial it back and get, and I'll get off here because I know I'm talking your head off. But when he drafted, when they drafted Jordan, they showed how empty Chicago Stadium was before Jordan came, and what happened when. He started lighting it up, and they had to sell standing room tickets. So from then on, Mr. Reinsdorf was making a lot of money off of Michael Jordan. So for you to let, if, if, if at that point, for you to let your GM, and, and like I said, it, it just wasn't him. He's not a he's not a hundred percent at fault. He's the one taking the bullets. He's standing in front of Reinsdorf. But Jerry Reinsdorf got a lot of responsibility on that, too. He can sit there and say all he wants. I told Scotty Pippen not to sign that contract, blah, blah, blah. He, you can say that all you want now. You, can, you, you know, you can say that until you, you turn blue in the face. But the fact of the matter is you let your GM, after Michael Jordan told you he wasn't playing for anybody else but Phil Jackson, you let your GM basically talk to Phil Jackson any type of way he wants. And, and basically – the 97 after the fifth, fifth championship going into the 
the sixth the sixth season, the sixth championship, basically everybody knew that was the that was it. Yeah, that and, was it. And, and it should have never got to that point. I'd have fired him. You ride your wave, and like I said, you let them go out on their terms. Whoever was gonna put them off the mountain, you let them let it happen. And that's one of them things where you just rebuild after that. You let the greatest player go out on his terms. Right. And they didn't do that. And that's exactly what I was gonna say. Rather than say, you know what, Phil, come back one year, six million, but this is it. No, no, Jerry. Phil, you how long do you want to stay? Let's stay until this thing is knocked off and then we'll, you know, we'll add pieces as it goes. But Jerry, you're fired. Because you, you're not going to – he – Jerry Krause was so fucking hell-bent on getting credit because he was the behind-the-scenes man. He wasn't getting the credit in the media. That's what it was all about. It was a pissing contest hmm. for no reason. You're able to wear six championship rings because of a guy that you took a chance on. He took a chance on Phil Jackson and brought him from the CBA down to the NBA to be an assistant to Doug Collins. When Doug Collins wasn't winning anymore, you let Doug Collins go. You gave Phil Jackson his first coaching job. That's your man that you handpicked. He's doing what you asked him to do. Come in here and, do, and coach a winner. You did it, but because you're not getting the damn credit, you you got That's a problem. Crazy, man. He his stepdaughter gets married. You invite everybody on the team, Tim Floyd, but you don't invite Phil Jackson. Come on, I mean it's. Egos. This is the time that you take and you check your ego at the door. Now, how is it that you got an ego with Phil Jackson, but Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and a lot of other players said some really cruel things about you to your face because you wanted to be one of the boys. So it's funny when Michael says something to you because Michael, they showed Michael saying, uh, he told him, you know, maybe you need to take some pills and make you a little bit taller. Or some diet pills make you a little less fatter. And he, <laughs> how do you talk to your boss like that? Or, and I'm sorry, how do you talk to your boss's boss like that and don't get reprimanded? You know how? You're Michael freaking Jordan. Yep. Michael Jordan. Yes. I, I, was, I was talking about this with Alan earlier. I know I call everybody 100 different names. I was talking about this with Gary earlier. Michael, they showed you Michael's upbringing. And I think all of us can speak. You we were coming up, if you couldn't Joan, Joan back, you getting torched. You going home crying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you fighting with your siblings. You fighting with the neighborhood kids. And then after that, it was all love. Jerry Krause never went through anything like that. So when he was, when they were saying that stuff to him, if it was Michael and Scotty joking, it will just rolled off of him. Because they showed you what Scotty went through coming up. Right? They showed you what Michael went through coming up. You know, I'm sure Dennis Robin went through the same stuff. It's nothing you could say to them that wouldn't be a joke, even if it if it even if it came off a little serious. It's a joke to them. I done been through worse, you know. But Jerry Krause wasn't raised the same way. And like you said, he's looking at, you know, these players that he drafted to in his mind, I own you guys, you know. Yeah. I own you guys. I draft you. I'm responsible for this. And the crazy thing is, it's like, if somebody had said, I think, you know, well, I don't think, I know when he said that organizations win championships, that 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 brought Michael the wrong way. Because Mike know that you ain't out here doing what we do. You know? Yeah, 
you know, is he responsible for putting that team together? Yes, he is. And if you're a level-headed GM, that's all the responsibility. That's all the the the, the attaboy you need. People know that you put this together. And for you know, like you said, KG said, his ego would not him rise up. Their egos would just not let them let that be, and it had to be broken up. Yeah, I I think ah man, uh, Kraus man, I don't, and and the thing is like you, we watched the first two last night, and you wonder why, why was he like this? You know what I'm saying? And 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 like Jordan, you you see Jordan, he he took he took some jabs at him. I think he mentioned something about his weight. He was like, oh hey Jerry, you gonna go out there and shoot? We need to lower the rim. You can tell it's a lot <laughs> like, you know, smart alley like kind of attitude behind that you know behind that that joke you know what i'm saying so it it, it, def- it definitely wasn't no respect uh for 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 kraus um like they mentioned pippen he cursed him out on a bus bad it cursed, cursed him out so bad bill uh phil and, and a couple other people had to you know walk up the sky and be like, hey, hey that's enough you know what i'm saying of course, they let it go on, meaning that I'm pretty sure they probably agree with everything Scotty said. But man, this this dude, he I I think he I don't know. It might have been like just some hate, like some weird hate, or he kind of looked at them like they were like quote unquote boys, and he was a man, you know, like he was. I, don't, I ain't gonna go to slave route, but you know what I'm saying. Like he was the man is the superior and, and they were like, you know, some good old boys, you know? So nah, yeah, that's, 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 that's why, you know what I'm saying? Like it was, it was, it's a, it was a, a huge disconnect with them. And plus they had all the money. So you had to yeah. do these, their way or no way. What to say? No way to highway. Yep. Just, just thank you. This fella. Just thank you. This fella. We all know. Jerry Krause wasn't the most attractive guy ever. You know, he's looked at it like that for a long time. So you have to see Michael Scotty not only take all the attention, the credit, the heroics on the court, pull up in any car they want to pull up in, any women they want, doing anything they want to do at any time. So as a man, that has to eat at you a little bit because you've never and you never will experience any of this. But like I said, you know, that's when like, you just got to grow up. <laughs> it's like, you know, yeah, this is Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, you know, that whole Bulls, that whole, that whole, especially the second three P, they were rock stars anywhere they went. Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 yeah, you go to the uh, NBA team that on a normal night playing. The, the Hawks and the the Bullets at the time. You would draw five, six thousand people. The Bulls come to town, and y'all remember US Airway Arena. The Bulls come to town. You couldn't get over there. No. You couldn't get over there. It was packed. Traffic was packed. And that was all through the NBA. Anywhere they went, they were rock stars. Everybody came to see them. Women throwing themselves at them. So... Yeah, that's just a whole nother level of, you know, of, um, I think the, 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 the 2000 Lakers went through that, the Kobe and Shaq Lakers. 
they went through that, you know, rock stars. They come, they come here, tickets sold out. All of a sudden, the, the thirty-five dollar tickets you normally get now they four hundred and fifty dollars, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, it, it's just it just is what it is, man. A lot of jealousy, a lot of hate. I know Delonte said. I think race had a a, a a part to do with it too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I I, I think. Yeah, this is America. Race has something to do with everything. You yes. know, we're talking about we're talking about NBA, NFL, where what's what's the NBA? Ninety. What is only one black owner in the NBA? Yeah. Out of I'm thirty-two teams, Jordan's the only out of thirty. Jordan's the only black owner. Oh, so what's already on? Yeah. So I mean, that tells you the percentage right there. So. Yeah, I mean, this is double check that to be sure. Yeah, double check. I mean, but this is you, you think about it. This is like uh, advanced slavery. I don't want to. I don't want to get too deep into that. I don't want to tread that water. But players are bought, auctioned, traded. Yeah. It, I mean, you think think about it. Think about it. The only thing is they're not getting whipped. They don't have chains around their neck. They're not standing on block shackled. You know, the kids not getting taken away. It's, it's an advanced form of slavery, you know, because you think of how much money these players are making. So if if in if 97, Michael was getting $33 million a year, just imagine how much the Bulls and Reinsdorf made as far as money. If you're willing to give somebody $33 million, you see these contracts signed, you know, seven years, $100 million in football. If they're willing to give you that, just imagine how much they're making. So yeah, I mean, this is this is America, good old America, you know. Um, now, looking at this, now they have Michael Jordan as your only uh, black owner, but Grant Hill is one of the principal owners of the Atlanta Hawks. But I don't know in what percentage. And I think um, it didn't Usher. On a part of the Cavaliers, yeah, and I think he, he probably sold it once LeBron and Kyrie left for, yeah. But I'm, I haven't. I'm pretty sure he sold this. It, it was like a small stake. Pretty sure he sold it by now. Yeah, and then like Jay Z had a part of the Nets, but his he wasn't even he one percent. Everybody's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, Jay Z owned the Nets. No, Jay Z. One percent owner of the Nets. That just means he can sit courtside and he don't get to make any decisions. He's a silent partner, basically. Mm, right. Are there any black owners in the NFL? No. Nope. No. So I still so, wish I mean, we could change that. I mean, look, it is it's it's when people say oh, don't make it about race, it, it's hard not to. You know, because it, it is what it is. You know, it's just um, it's just facts. It's just the way life is here. Um, but like I said, episodes one and two, fellas, we've been we've been rolling a long time. I think we need to go ahead and pack it up, shut it down. Episodes three and four, ESPN. Uh, what is? Uh, come on, uh, nine o'clock. Sunday night. Nine, nine o'clock. o'clock. Have your board Jordan's ready. Your Jordan's ready. I'm gonna tell y'all. Y'all gonna love this one. Y'all are going to love this one. This is the Dennis Rodman episode coming up. Y'all are going to absolutely love this because 
I mean, I can sit here and tell you countless stories about Dennis Rodman, but I remember when he said he wanted a vacation during the season. But it was one time the Bulls were playing in uh, New Jersey. I think it was during the playoffs. And Steve Kerr said it was Dennis Rodman pulled up in front of the uh, the hotel, the team hotel, because they were off. They, they were finished that night. They were off the next two days or something like that. No, they were off the next day, and they had a shoot-around later on in the day about 9 a.m., but it was only for bench players. So Dennis Rodman, Judd Bushler, Steve Kerr all get on Dennis Rodman's party bus. They go down to Atlantic City and leave. They leave. Uh, no, they were in New York. They left. He said they left about uh, 9, 30, 10 o'clock on Sunday. So they drove down, was at Atlantic, in Atlantic City, Gambling, partying, you know, just doing more gambling than everybody else. But Joe Bushler and Steve Kerr was with him. And then they hop back on the bus, get back to the hotel about 6.30 in the morning, the next morning. And Steve Kerr and Joe Bushler ain't not a lick of Dennis Rodman looks at them. All right, I see y'all later at uh, at shoot around. I'm going to bed. They had to, to go to a morning shoot around. So they got no sleep. They were dragging through there. He said, Steve Kerr said that's one of his greatest memories of playing with Robin is him having them out all night. And they had a shoot around. He said, I was dead tired, but I still went out and did my job. It's stuff like that. You know, I've heard that Dennis Robin, if you're a shooter and Dennis Rodman got the rebound. That's the type of dude you want on your team because he didn't put the rebound back up. He kicked it out to the shooters for them to shoot. You can't go wrong with that. I hate to say I got to say this again, y'all. Those were the days. I think about there was two teams. I'm sure y'all can agree. There was two teams in the East that I hated. I ain't got a name them. Well, I, I I know one of them got to be the Pistons because that's why I'm a Bulls fan because I my hate for the Pistons. Boston and Detroit. Because they were so good. Boston <laughs> was good with that 10-yard name, and Detroit, the bad boys, was so good. The microwave, Vinnie Johnson, I ain't got a name. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Them boys is yeah. good, man. Yeah. I miss those things. Bro. And, they, and, they, and they were bullies, too. And they yep. were mm-hmm. bullies. Exactly. Bullies. They... They intimidated the hell out of their opponents, right? Because, like you said, it, it wasn't even just Jordan. If you're playing the Pistons and you want to drive to the lane, that's that's your life. Yeah, that's you want you're, you're going to get hit because back in those days, that was allowed. You're going to get clothesline. I remember they remember they clothesline bird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like. like- Trying to take his head off. I was trying like, to yep. take, trying to kill Bert, you know. But you know, like I said, that's the good old days. Um, oh, any any final thoughts for before we get out of here, fellas? We gotta get out. Oh man, I, I'm gonna say this about your bad boy pisses, and I'm done. Joe Dumas the nicest guy on the team. Reggie Miller said he was at the top of the key. And he was dribbling. He was getting ready to go by Joe Dumas. Lay it in. Said Joe Dumas looked at him. Said look behind me. You don't want to go back there. Shoot the jumper. Don't don't go don't go around me. Shoot the jumper. Just shoot it, please, please, just shoot it. They're gonna kill you. He, he said Joe Dumas talk him out of it every time. But I can't wait for next week, fellas. I really can't. I mean, I'm I'm living for this. I'm living for reliving 
a happy moment in my my sports life. Uh, seeing my Bulls on top and not having to worry about uh, people coming in and using the refs to beat us like Miami did two years in a row when we were the number one team in the Eastern Conference. But I won't talk about that because I've let it go. So, But anyway, hey, Sutters, I'm glad to be back. This was a good run tonight. I enjoyed y'all guys. Yeah, man, definitely a good run. And uh, Isaiah Thomas, uh, if you're listening, <laughs> LeBron is not better than MJ. Please stop with that, man. Please stop. <laughs> That's my final thought. Well, well, like always, we are the Sideline Junkies. You can reach us at sidelinejunkies247 at gmail.com. We are on Instagram and Facebook under the same name. Welcome to reach out to us. Um, like I said, this will be every Monday. And if, if, if we're really excited, it'll come out Sunday night. So this is, you know, what's it, 10 episodes. We will be going and combing over each one of them. We'll try to have a list together next time and just go over a lot more points. Like I said, we just wanted to get on here. We were super excited about seeing it. So for myself, BJ, the big guy, KG, Delonte, Junie, Big Jim, Allen, the Don, that's it for us. That's the last dance. React show. We out of here. Have a good one. Good night. Peace. Peace.